The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. The UFC is back. International soccer is back. NASCAR is back. Golf is back. And the casino is open 24-7. Use the promo code SGP for up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full line of premium smokable CBD, now shipping legally to all 50 states. And if you use the promo code SGP, you get 15% off. That's K-U-S-H-Y dreams.com, promo code SGP. Diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, stacking the money green with a debut podcast here. I'm joined by my two uh, long, long, long-term uh, Eagles fans and friends. Going to intro the guys, and we're just here to basically talk Eagles, talk shit on the rest of the NFC East, and uh, give out some picks. Up first, Justin. Justin, what's happening, man? Oh, nothing much. Uh, just born in uh, Eastern PA. Been a lifelong uh, yeah, Eagles fan. Give people a little, uh, little background yeah. about you. You know, uh, living out in Hawaii now. So uh, just keep it up with the Eagles. Walk people through uh, the game day experience out in Hawaii because I've had to, since I moved out to Los Angeles a while ago, you got to wake up early for the 10 a.m. games. You got to start drinking at a, at a very early hour. What's it like doing that in Hawaii? Uh, so honestly, my routine early in the season, uh, cause at 7am kickoff, uh, wake up around 545 ish, hop in the shower, get ready. Uh, my wife thinks I'm insane because, uh, hop in the car and, uh, probably by like 630 ish to, uh, get down to uh, Waikiki usually, uh, is where my spot is. And then, uh, you know, uh, drink and watch the games, uh, from 7am on if it's, especially if it's an early Eagles game. And uh, can't watch it at home for some reason, which is typical out here. Yeah. And do you, uh, what do you start drinking when you when you get there at seven a.m.? Do you go with like a a breakfast drink, or or do you just go right to beer? Uh, start with the, at least one, probably two Bloody Marys. Um, <laughs> then try to order order the food so that it comes by halftime. Uh, then I can I can worry about that and either complain if we're losing or be really happy while I'm eating uh, halftime. And then after that. Um, usually move on to beer, I would say, but I try to limit it, uh, make sure that I can drive by the end of it, you know? <laughs> so that's always the ultimate goal. All right. Uh, joining us as well, Robbie, Robbie, what's happening, man? Hey, how are you? Uh, good to be on. Uh, as Sean said, my name's Rob. I'm, I guess I'm the only one left here in Pennsylvania, uh, and Nation here. 
That's right. Is this your is this your first uh, podcast appearance, Rob? This is, yeah, newbie. Uh, I know you do. Uh, you do occasionally call into the local Eagles Sports Talk Radio. Give us some of uh, what did, what has moved you to actually call in. I have. I've called a couple times. Um, <laughs> once, I well, I, I called about the Eagles and the Sixers, uh, depending. Uh, often when my wife's in the car and she thinks I'm nuts sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but I did call recently, uh, 97.5, the mornings, um, to express my concern about some of our offensive tendencies last year, how we were getting away from the play action that I think Carson really, uh, really oh, flourishes in. Um, so I did express that sentiment. Um, there was a little skepticism met with that, but I thought it was a solid point. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I remember my dad, it was, uh, it was a vivid memory of my childhood. My dad, he, uh, I think we may have still been living. No, I think it was like just when we moved to Pennsylvania and, uh, or moved back to the area. And my dad called a, uh, a local sports talk radio. And it was, I think it was the night before one of the big, like early's early, like nineties Eagles playoff games. It may have been the game where, they destroyed the Lions, Rodney Pete. I think it was the night before that, and they were calling in with like, "Hey, different uh, movie recommendations you would you would uh, suggest to play for the team before the big game." And my dad called in and said he would play the uh, <laughs> the Super Bowl from 1980 where they lost to the Raiders. And then the guy just tore into him. He's like, "That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Why would you do that?" And he hung up on my dad. It was very weird feeling to have your dad. A, like a national talk radio guy hang up on your dad. And my dad's just like super sad after he gets hung up on. He's like, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, now, I think it's fun to start off with some fan stuff. Uh, most obviously, the biggest Eagles win of all time was Super Bowl 52. But Justin, of uh, other big Eagles wins or – Maybe it's not an Eagles win. It was just a random Eagles win that you particularly remember really going nuts for. What jumps out in your memory as far as, like, favorite Eagles fan moments? Um, Thinking about it, I think I have to go with Miracle at the Meadowlands. It's probably a typical one for a lot of people, but uh, mainly because I just like that team so much. No more McNabb, right? You had Vic there. So Uh, excited. Deshaun, you had McCoy, right? And good old Andy, who I feel like is still an Eagle. Um, and it was for uh, pretty much the division right there. So just a uh, huge comeback. And then that that um, punt return by Deshaun is just legendary. And uh, I'm happy to actually have him back on the team. I know it's a little, um, you know, um, get back there. I know. A little bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to jump off that point, that win was so awesome. But I, I, in a weird way, it kind of was the beginning of the end of Andy Reid and especially the Vic era because the, if you remember, that next game was against the Vikings. I ended up going to that game, and it was supposed to be played on Sunday. Some reason they canceled the game just because there was a little bit of snow. Like they were worried about this massive blizzard. They moved the game to a Tuesday, and we were 14-point favorites. I vividly remember betting on the game in the parking lot with my uncle Danny. And then we lose outright to Joe fucking Webb. And it was just, and then they lost. Uh, I think they, I forget what happened. They may have lost another game. And then they ended up being 10 and six and having to, to play at home. They didn't get the first round by. 
And then they had that game at home against Green Bay, which was kind of back and forth. Vic threw that interception in the end zone to end it. But it was such an awesome win. But in a weird way, I think it kind of hurt the team overall because, like, that almost felt like that team's Super Bowl. Robbie, what hey, about Sean? Thanks for uh, thanks for shooting my. Uh, no, no, it's a, it's a great win. Down. It's a great win. I'm just saying, it start, everyone forgets like it started this kind of bad run after that. Like I'm worried very they lose all true. their mojo in that one game. Rob, what about you? What's a big uh, Eagles win that always sticks with you? Yeah, great question. I was thinking about this uh, earlier, and you know, Miracle Meadowlands was cool. Uh, I'm sure Justin just Googled that and quick pulled it up. Uh, <laughs> e- easy answer. Uh, but no, I, I think one of my favorite moments actually was the 2005 uh, NFC Championship game against the Falcons right before we went to the Super Bowl, which unfortunately we lost. Oh, easy uh, it, it, and that was actually one of my favorites because I was there. Um, so funny story, you know, I don't even know how old I was back then, but past, uh, you know, past high school, I might've graduated college or last year of college and myself and some other people actually worked at the link, uh, for that playoff run as, you know, ushers and, and security and things like that. So, uh, we were there at that game, it was freezing, but the atmosphere was electric and it was just, it was an awesome victory. Uh, so I think that's, that's one of the favorite moments I've had uh, in large part because I was there. Yeah, no, that, that was a great game and uh, kind, of a, kind of a great connection there because we just had Jim Mora Jr. on the Sports Gambling Podcast. And I, of course, asked him about – that was the farthest he had ever gone as a head coach, and I asked him about that game. And he said that game in particular, he's never watched it to this day. It was too painful. And as an Eagles fan, that made me great to hear that the Falcons – Coach, uh, you know, is still haunted by that loss and that, that Brian Dawkins hit at LJ Crumpler just destroying him. And there was there was a ton of fun plays. I think Dawkins had an interception as well. For me, um, the the game that really stands out for me is you know besides the Super Bowl is the Eagles forty four to six against the Cowboys that last Sunday night of the uh, two thousand eight season to get them in. Uh, the two thousand eight season was wild. Like McNabb got benched. Uh, they looked horrible. They had that tied game. And then going into that last Sunday, they needed, I think, two other teams to lose, and they had to beat the Cowboys. And it was almost like the the scenario of the Silver Linings playbook. Like, they needed a lot of things to happen. And, and one of the teams they needed to win was the Raiders, who were horrible. They pulled out the victory. And then we realized, oh, my God, we're going into this Sunday night game. And it was also the um, – it was right around Christmas and my dad had just gotten a deep fryer for Christmas. So my dad, my dad's breaking in the deep fryer on the same night of Sunday night football. And we just destroyed Tony Romo. And uh, I mean, it was just so great. It got us into the playoffs. Then we went on that little bit of run and yeah, I mean, it, it was just awesome. So yeah, that, that one, the 44 to six just stands out. Cause it was just such an ass kicking and it was the Cowboys and it was just, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't draw up a, uh, a better game and Dawkins was going off and I don't know, it was just, it was fun. But kind of on the flip side, what's the most uh, pissed off you've been recently? Contandy or uh, Justin, does anything jump out as far as uh, a game um, where you really lost it? At, like recently? Yeah, recently, I mean, I was uh, – immediately you think of Chip Kelly, even though it's not so recent. But. No, I mean, it could be, it could be Chip. I pushed, I pushed ship aside. I had to. I had to look past him. Uh, most recently, I would say uh, Kamu's uh, recovery 
against Dallas to open the game where he talked a little bit of smack before it. The oh, fumble, yeah. and they called it a non-recovery. Oh, I was so livid. I couldn't I, – I just remember how angry I was. Um, almost makes you want to stop watching football uh, when they when they uh, give Dallas those breaks like that. Uh, that was that was a pretty angry moment for me. Um, I know also I remember uh, and I don't know why this still sticks out in my head, but when we had that game locked up against the Lions and uh, Ryan Matthews fumbled the football with like under three minutes left. I think it was like uh, we were up by I think. Two or three at the time. I couldn't remember. We had it all locked up, and then and that was uh, that was Carson's rookie year. They were three and zero. Yeah. That was that was Carson's first loss. Yeah, that was brutal. I mean, he was he still played pretty well that game. What about you, Rob? Any any recent uh, games jump out as as get you fired up? Yeah, I was I, I was thinking about this too. My wife my wife says every time they they lose, I'm pissed <laughs> off. But uh, yeah, no, I think for me it was, it was last time. year. Uh, the first Dallas game, uh, which obviously, you know, both Justin and I went to some of us, oh, uh, Sean had other priorities going to a wedding instead of the game. Uh, but man, we, you know, all pumped for the game, go down to Dallas, have good seats. Um, you know, Monday or Sunday night game, uh, prime time. And, you know, the team just laid an egg, uh, totally was terrible getting heckled by Dallas fans. Uh, I was just so pissed off and demoralized. Uh, so I think that was that was the worst for me. In, in recent Can I uh, interject, Rob? And uh, <laughs> you're you're almost uh, almost got in two fights while we were there. I remember oh, that. Nice. I didn't uh, hear this. Who did you get into, <laughs> it, Rob? When the guy in front of us uh, just turned around and said some shit to Rob, and then he gave like the the cutthroat symbol, I believe, and Rob said something like, "Sit the fuck down." <laughs> And the guy like told Rob to calm down then. And then Rob goes to I think the, he apologized. I think he, Rob goes to the restroom at one point and then comes back all pissed off. He went alone and I'm like just wondering why he's all angry. And then all of a sudden I look to the left and Rob's look Rob's looking down to the left. So I look to the left and there's a guy who's like starting to yell at Rob and Rob's starting to yell at him and I'm like, what the hell happened? And I guess they had gotten some type of verbal altercation while he was at the restroom and it continued on later. In my defense, I didn't back down. Uh, true no, spirit. Yeah, you gotta you gotta represent Wentz jersey. I rocked the Wentz jersey the whole game. I wasn't 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 afraid in their stadium. Uh, but unfortunately the score didn't work out that day. But we did get him back later in the season. Yeah, that was a, that was a great a signature win in the uh, Carson Wentz here. For me well, sorry. Uh, I just want to just remind everybody once again that you couldn't go yeah. to this wedding. Okay. My brother, uh, my brother, Justin, don't Justin, don't worry. I already covered that when you stepped away for a second. That was my first point. I heard. I heard. Yeah, my brother was getting married, and uh, yeah, so I was in in the Philadelphia area and couldn't go to the game. Down a big D for me. The the worst game. I mean, I've seen a couple real clunkers, but. The one that always stands out as super painful to me is 2007. I went to the Meadowlands uh, game with my co-host Kramer and, you know, a huge Giants fan. We're in Giants Stadium. And it's the game where McNabb gets sacked like 12 times or whatever it is where they set the sack record. And and the, the worst part was they were like kind of in the game, but he was just getting sacked after sack after sack. It was brutal. And then – I, you know, this is like having no money and, and we're leaving the, the stadium and then just like a pack of Giants fans surround me and they're just like yelling at me and 
I, I, I really have nothing to come back with. I just keep telling them to fuck off. And like, I, I had nothing to say. They're like, you suck. The McNabb sucks. And I'm like, I agree. I, I don't know what else to add. It was horrible. And then we were taking a direct <laughs> flight from JFK to Burbank, but we didn't like get a hotel. So we just stayed over um, at the JFK, JFK airport and like slept at the airport. It was horrific. I think there was like some chemicals on the floor and, and I've never been the same. So yeah, I really, that was a horrific, horrific uh, game, but uh, all right, let's, uh, you know, 2020 new year, pretty optimistic. We're going to go over some, uh, give out some roster grades. It's always fun to do that kind of set the table for the season. But before we do shout out to the presenting sponsor of the sports gambling podcast and podcast network, my bookie.ag. Or of course, you can play when you get paid. Use that promo code SGP for up to $1,000 deposit bonus. They got the casino going. I know I've been uh, cranking away at some blackjack. Made a nice little run there. And uh, literally anything you want to bet on, they got that going. NFL Week 1 lines are already up. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Some player prop stuff starting to come in. Odds to win the Super Bowl. Anything you want to bet on, you can over at mybookie.ag. And of course, the Sims. Uh, we're going to be doing more Madden Sim games, maybe even a little uh, college football. Stay tuned for that. And, of course, those you can only bet over at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP. Okay, broke the uh, Eagles team down in uh, down a little position group here. Rob, let's talk O-line. What are, you, what are you giving the Eagles going into 2020 right now? What would you give their roster currently? Yeah, I think I give the O line. I think it's it's a strength of the team. Uh, I give it an A minus. I know, you know, you're losing Jason Peters, who's been a you know a, a steadfast and, and really a rock on that left side for years. Um, but I, I think Dillard has potential if he can just work on the bull rush and a little bit bulk up. Um, you know, I think the rest of the line, Brooks, assuming he's back healthy, is, is an absolute stud. Lane's a stud. Uh, Kelsey's a stud, um, you know, and I think you got Samalu uh, is solid as well. So, I, you know, I give it an A minus. It easily probably could have been an A, but I think Dillard has to prove himself a little bit. Um, maybe they still bring Peters back. I don't know. But um, so I, I, I think it's a strength of the team, in, in my opinion. Justin, what do you got? Uh, kind of in the same vein as Rob. I said B plus. Um just a little bit of a question mark about Dillard. Um, he's still getting better. Um, see, uh, Samalu, he's he's solid. Um, Lane's 30 now, so is Brooks, and then Kelsey's 32. So you kind of start to question those the age a little bit. Lane has, you know, he's missed a couple of games here and there throughout the last couple of seasons. So um, just wonder how well they can hold it together with them getting a little bit older. Their chemistry is there, though, for the most part, so I'm not overly concerned. Um, just didn't feel 100% comfortable giving it an A. So, Yeah, I'm also in the uh, in the B-plus region. I, I think you guys brought up good points about, my, uh, you know, uh, Dillard at the left tackle there. It'll be interesting to see if they ever get anything out of Mylotta. Uh, ah. that, that guy they drafted, seventh-round rugby player, just kind of a freak athlete. It seems like they've just been stashing him on IR waiting for him to kind of figure out how to play football. I think he could be a, a sneaky candidate for their uh, swing tackle position. And, and, of course, their offensive line head coach, Stoutland, he's one of the highest-paid offensive line coaches in the league. 
um, and, and always seems to get a ton out of these guys. Kelsey, super smart. Yeah, the Brooks coming off injury again. I know he came back from that Achilles, but at some point maybe that catches up to him a little bit. But they should be in good shape, and we'll see with uh, Dillard. It, it seems like Jason Peters is basically going to retire unless they think Andre Dillard sucks early. Like Andre Dillard feels like he's on a very short leash with the Eagles, and uh, if things go sideways a little bit, I, I don't think they're going to hesitate to just call up Jason Peters and, and move on. Moving over to the running backs, Justin, what are, you, what are you grading the running backs this year? I know we all love Miles Sanders, but I gave him a solid B. Um, just because it, it lacks real depth, in my opinion. I know Scott was great last year for us coming in. Clement has been great in the past. I don't know how healthy he's going to be and if he still has that spark that he had, you know, during our Super Bowl run. So uh, with Sanders being in there, he can't be in there every play. So I just wonder how the depth's going to work out. Um, that's why I gave it a B. But uh, I definitely see Sanders as a, as a potential – Hopefully, offensive player of the year candidate, but we'll see. Robbie, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, you know, this was a tough one to grade because I think it's it's polar opposites. You know, I, I guess if you pin me down, I give it a C plus overall. But wow, you know, in my mind, in my mind, I see this as as really an A, A minus in 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 the starter, Miles Sanders. I think he has tremendous potential. Uh, Penn Stater, which I love. Uh, and I think they just really started to scratch the surface last year with his versatility. Um, you know, I think I, I don't think he'll ever be the guy that that leads the league in rushing um, because I don't think that's our offense. But I think he could be a guy that's really right up there in all purpose yards between, you know, uh, screens, catches and running. Um, so, you know, strictly for him, I, I think he could give him. You know, an A minus maybe just because he has some to prove, but he, he really showed he could be that uh, elusive back. Uh, and then, you know, really for the rest of them, I think C minus. Uh, I think there's a depth issue. You know, I know Clement resigned, but, um, you know, there's there's no one that's lighting fires there. Although, you know, Clement, I, I will say, had a tremendous Super Bowl, so got to give him some credit there. Um, but I think there's there's a big gap there for us. So if, if if Miles would go down or something like that, I think we're in trouble. Hopefully, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I'll go A minus. I'm I'm huge on Miles Sanders this year. I, I know you guys are as well. I, I think he's going to be like a top five fantasy guy, especially if you're playing full point PPR. Like Miles Sanders is just going to go off, and, and it's interesting the the pass catching aspect of his game, which really wasn't there at Penn State at all, and. Uh, I forget who is who had mentioned this uh, on, on a podcast I was listening to. Like Miles Sanders may actually be normally you don't want to extend a running back or give him that second contract or give him a lot of money, but Miles Sanders is interesting in that he's really he really doesn't have a lot of you know kind of wear on his tread. Like he's he's if you look at the number of carries he had at Penn State since he was behind Saquon for the majority of the year or you know a big part of it, the time he was at Penn State, he didn't get a ton of carries. He isn't really. You look at Derrick Henry, he got a shit ton of carries at Alabama, but I think Miles Sanders only had like maybe 260 in his career at Penn State compared to like, you know, Derrick Henry might get that in one of his four years. So a lot of room left on him. I'm high on Boston Scott. Again, small sample size. We'll see what happens there. Does feel like they'll probably get a – maybe sign another veteran running back. I'm not really stoked about LaShawn McCoy joining the team again. I I would just – 
I would just kind of punt. I would go, I would go, if you really need to add another guy, I would go like Wendell Smallwood or Josh Adams, someone random there. I, I don't think LaShawn is going to be a great fit in the locker room and whatever they got going on. I mean, I love him, all-time Eagle, but uh, I think we got to stay away. Receivers. Robbie, what are you doing? What are you grading at receivers? Oh, man, this, this is another one. I mean, this is a group that I think, again, uh, obviously we spent a lot in the draft. We, we, you know, got Rager, who I'm, I'm high on. I, you know, the more I look at him, the more I like his skill set. I think it was smart. We need a speed guy out there. Um, you know, and I, and I like everything I've seen from him so far in terms of his attitude and, and willingness to work. So, you know, I'm high on him. Uh, and I like some of the other guys that we drafted that are just pure speed guys. Obviously, speed was a huge, huge uh, emphasis in this year's draft for the team. Uh, whether any of those other guys pan out remains to be seen, but I like the potential of, of speed. You know, you, you can't you can't teach speed, and if guy's faster than you, it's it's tough to cover them. So, you know, I love I'm I'm really excited of the idea of Rager on one side and Deshaun on the other side if he can come back healthy. I think. You know, if you're a defense, how do you cover that? Uh, yeah. You know, especially with the idea of our two tight ends in the middle, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, later. So, you know, I, I'd say I'd give it a B at this point, really, because there's just, you know, unknowns. I, I like, I love the potential of it. You know, Deshaun's proven himself, but the rest of the guys really just, they got to step up and prove themselves. And obviously it's been a weakness in the past. I don't think Jeffrey's going to be a factor if he's even on the roster. Um, oh, so I think it's these young guys <laughs> got to step up and prove themselves. Well, and who was it? Uh, Jacina Anderson was uh, is no longer with ESPN, and everyone made the same joke that I did in our group text that uh, Alshon Jeffrey was the guy who broke that story. Uh, I mean, we got to get rid of this guy. The guy's a freaking rat. I mean, I, I I'm worried that they end up keeping him. I think what'll happen is they'll probably put him on the pup for like six weeks while he's like figuring out the injury thing, but. Man, it's just too much guaranteed money to get nothing for him. I think they're going to be stubborn and hang on to him. Tintani, what would you grade this receiver unit right now? Uh, I ended up giving the receiver unit a C overall. Um, I know we got 14 receivers right now on the list. Uh, <laughs> but we really don't have anything to go off of at the moment. Um, anybody who's done anything is pretty injury prone at this point. Um, I went on, what is it? Um, sports injury predictor, and it, oh, no. Deshaun has like a 53% chance of being injured, Goodwin has a 59% chance of being injured, and then Jeffrey's at 48%. So, uh, those guys are the only guys who have really proven anything, and unfortunately, it's like a 50 50 chance if they'll make it through the season. Um, I do like Regor, I think he has such a high ceiling, it'd be great to see what he can do. Um, but at the same time, he hasn't been in the NFL yet, so I, I just kind of want to see where he's at. Uh, and you guys remember, I had such such high hopes for Whiteside. So, <laughs> Justin Justin does own a uh, a Whiteside jersey. Oh, I bought in. I bought Our, in. Sega Whiteside. Now wait, Justin, was that an actual? Uh, real jersey or so? Was that your mother-in-law made you that one, or was that from China? I know you. I know you've got some knockoff jerseys. No, this one was a legit jersey. This one. Was wow, you that's how committed you are. Yeah, you I went all in on white side. So. Um, <laughs> well, Rob, 
Rob over here, uh, Rob was the guy uh, behind Nelson Aguilar. And really, 2017, you had your you had your run there. I think we almost talked to you in a buying a Nelly jersey. You didn't. Yeah. Maybe that's why he hasn't returned to the 2017 form, Rob. <laughs> Man, I had his back for a while. And he, uh, you know, in 2017 really made me look smart. Uh, and then last year, obviously, we know it didn't work out so well. So. well and, and quick, uh, quick Nelly memory, because it's just coming to mind. Uh, Justin and I went up, I, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Carson's rookie year um, where uh, they went and played in Seattle and, and Justin yeah. lived there for a while, but flew in from Hawaii. I flew up from LA, got tickets to the game, went to, you know, went to that Seattle stadium, which is really nice. If you ever get a chance to see it, it it's a great place to watch a game. And man, there was, there was a couple moments where we were really in that game and we're like, Oh my God, we're going to beat Seattle. They're driving. And then of course, Nelly, uh, or no, it was it. What was it? He was. Um, they had. You know what? Okay, now I vividly remember it. So they're driving, and then these uh, these Seattle Seahawks fans were like talking shit, and uh, I, I think they do a like a tight end screen. It may have been Selick or Ertz. I forget. Goes off, gets down to like the two yard line, and I'm going nuts. I'm like getting in their face. I'm like got my hat going and going nuts, and uh, and then it gets called back. Um, from like a Nelly lining up wrong oh. penalty. It was illegal formation. And I, I just, uh, I think Justin was on the same wave. Like when, when that happened, we realized we were a cook because we, we, we had momentum. We were driving. I was talking shit to the Seahawks fans and then just, just switched on a dime. But as far as, uh, did you wait? Did you actually get your grade in Pintani or did we get sidetracked? Uh, I did get my C grade in. I, I just want to say, um, Hightower is somebody I like. Uh, sneaky guy. I think he could uh, he could be a big a big threat for us uh, potentially. So I know Regor, um, the ceiling's high on him, but Hightower for some reason I just have a feeling about him. Granted, I had a feeling about Whiteside last season. We'll, we'll see how <laughs> so far that's, that that's a bad sign if you just <laughs> have a feeling. Sorry, Hightower. <laughs> I, I like a lot of people have given the Eagles shit uh, for for kind of their draft and, and their overall strategy at receiver of like just throwing a lot of darts and hoping something sticks. Yeah. But I, I'm fine with it. Like we desperately needed speed. We have possession receivers essentially with the tight ends. Like just go all in and, and try and draft speed or. I mean, good when they brought in. He's really fast. That being said, I'm going to give them a C plus right now, just on the idea that I want that they got to prove something. They really do. Mm -hmm. So a C plus. I don't want to give them an A or a B right now. Get them, get them cocky. They don't need that. But uh, C plus. But I'm I'm optimistic that there's a chance one of these one of these speed guys is going to hit. And it really one of the most frustrating things about the 2019 season, of course, was that game in Washington where the second half, Wentz just hits Deshaun Jackson for two deep balls and just brings them right back into that game. And you're like, God damn it. It would have been nice to see this for the entire season. But uh, I don't know. What are you, you going to do? Speaking of tight ends, I think this should be pretty easy. I'll kick this one off. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, two of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, easily, I would say, the best tight end combo. Um, and, again, I'm always – Crowbar and Dallas Goddard as a, as a potential top 10 uh, fantasy tight end as well. I'm really making that case because I'm not a homer. But A-plus for the tight ends. Pintandy or Justin, what do you got? Yeah, uh, I said A-plus as well. I mean, it's an easy one. I just, uh, as always, you just wish Ertz could get a little bit more yak. But I would say 
Um, no matter where you put Ertz in your top tight ends, even if you're an Ertz hater, I think you got to put him top four. He's got to be number four on your Rob. list. Um, so there you go. Rob. Yeah, no, no, nothing to disagree with here. A-plus, best duo in the league. Uh, both of them, you know, Ertz, while he, you know, may not break tackles, his, he, he's, you know, sure-handed, catches everything. Goddard, mm-hmm. you know, coming into his own, you know, it, tough to defend, especially if we got some speed on the outside. So A-plus, a not, not much to prove there for that group. Here's a question for you guys before we move on. Does Zach Ertz retire an eagle? Justin. I don't think so. Um, not with uh... – I mean, if you're looking at the contract negotiations right now that are taking place with the the Niners, um, it just looks like Ertz could be trying to do the same thing um, potentially. So, and Howie's just not that type of guy to uh, give out those those high numbered contracts. He likes to sign these guys early so he can get them a little bit cheaper, seeing their potential. And I just don't see it. Yeah, and and maybe to that, Rob, not does Zach Ertz retire an Eagle, but do they extend him again? Or do they, or yeah. do they get rid of them before uh, that? Smart money probably says no, uh, but I'm going to say yes uh, for a couple reasons. One, I think, I think Zach really loves the city of Philadelphia. I, I think he's pretty ingrained in there, and I think he will want to say, even maybe if it's a little bit of discount versus what he could get elsewhere. And I do think, uh, you know, how he's going to recognize that this is a guy Carson relies on. And if they want Carson to succeed, I think they make an effort to keep him. So, while I don't know if he retires an Eagle, that depends how long he plays. I think there'll be uh, one more extension. Yeah, it, do- it does feel like how do they get rid of Zach Ertz? But then again, if someone comes knocking with a, with a big trade offer, you know, like a playoff team or in a couple of years and you have Dallas Goddard playing at a high level – how much? How much money? Or, or really, it's like when Dallas Goddard's rookie contract is up in, in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Here, are you really going to be paying two tight ends big money? I think eventually they're going to have to move on. But I wouldn't be surprised if they extend them like two years to get him to that number that he wants, as far as like per year, and then throw some dummy years on the end that they can kind of move on. So I think he will be here for at least two to three years. But after that, I, I'd be surprised if he's still here. Brings us to quarterback. How do you grade this group? And especially if you're including it in the group, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go B plus. I'm clearly, a big Carson Wentz fan. Um, there was a dip in the middle of the last season. There, he started out really good, kind of, kind of fell off. I mean, that Seattle game, he just looked bad. But uh, for the most part, I really, you know, I'm very high on Carson Wentz. What what we saw out of him those last four games really felt like he kind of established himself, kind of won back the locker room. And, and that just goes to the Jalen Hurts draft pick, which I've tried to rationalize. I've tried to move on. It still really pisses me off. I remember I mistimed when the second round was going to start. I was at the beach, and I get into my car, and there's like 120 missed text messages <laughs> of just everyone losing their mind, my brother right, just screaming the F-bomb and, and – I'm like, what the hell? Why would we draft a quarterback? It still doesn't make sense. To me, it's just clearly how he's trying to be cute. And maybe they get him involved in some other weird packages. But Taysom Hill on steroids, that's not what this team needs. You know, like the Saints can do Taysom Hill on steroids because they have Michael Thomas. Like, let's figure out Michael Thomas, and then we can kind of get to Taysom Hill on steroids. Uh, Nate Sudfeld, um, I'm fine with, uh, you know, 
he's one of those guys that's like, I was fine with keeping him as a backup. And and the, the Hurts thing pisses me off even more when you see Andy Dalton sign for like $3 million a year or, or whatever it was, or even Jameis Winston at a million a year. Like those are the guys you kind of bring in. They can win you a few games. You don't pay them a ton of money. I, the Hurts thing I still can't wrap my head around. So I'll give it a B plus. And mostly it's not an A because of, Howie's a horrific draft in there. But, Rob, where are you at with the QB group? Yeah, um, it's amazing. I'm probably more of a homer than you here on the Wentz, but I'm giving it an A just because of Carson. I, I, I'm i a big believer. In yeah, you're Carson. right. I'm going to give it an A. Um, I'm disapp- <laughs> I, don't I'm want, I, don't want, I don't want Carson to hear this podcast. <laughs> and I did take down the fathead because I expected more out of him. But it, the, the fathead will return one day. Yeah, so look, I'm a big believer in Carson. Look, he was the MVP of the league in 2017. This team doesn't go to the Super Bowl without the work he did throughout the year. Um, you know, I, I think there, there's a couple things um, that are going to really benefit him this season. I think toward the end of last year, they started to figure it out offensively, his strengths. Um, you know, I know all of us were screaming all year. It really seemed like to me in 2017, they had creative game plans. A lot of play action, rolling Wentz out, which I think are his strengths. Uh, and then when Nick came in, he had a different set of strengths in terms of the read option, shotgun, you know, quick throws. Um, and it just felt like once they transitioned from Nick back to Carson, they never quite felt their way back, but found their way back to Carson's strengths. And I think they started to do that at the end of the year. Um, and you started to see him flourish. And I think. You know, one thing that shouldn't go unnoticed with respect to the quarterbacks is the the offensive staff shakeup that they had this year. Um, you know, firing Mike Rowe was the right move. I think most of us were calling for it. Rob, you know, Rob was writing, writing Jeffrey Lurie personally. Um, it just wasn't working. Uh, and it sounds like they brought in a couple guys that are really creative. Uh, and I just think that extra set of, of eyes now in, in that room are really going to benefit the game planning that I think did start to get a little stale. So, you know, I think with that, I'm going to give it an A based on Carson. You know, look, if we get to the backup scenario, we're screwed no matter what. I don't think you can judge quarterbacks based on the backup. I didn't like the Hurts pick. I got nothing against, you know, him personally. I'm sure he's a good guy, maybe a good quarterback, but it just wasn't a need of this team. Uh, we could have taken a wide receiver like Mims or, uh, you know, a, a cornerback. Anyone. I mean, you know, um, anyone would have been better. Someone that would have played. So Long-term I'm going to stick with my A. It's not based on depth. Depth. It's based solely on my belief in Wentz. Like it. Uh, I'm a little bit opposite, Rob, here as far as uh, QB grade because uh, I went with the overall QBs um, for the team. I know Wentz is A-plus material, but. Um, I just don't have much faith in Sudfeld. Um, if if it comes down Studfeld. to that, Sudfeld. 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 I just can't see him doing what, if you want to go back to what Foles did or even what McCown did for us. And then the Hurts pick, uh, let's not even get into it, but um, <laughs> just let's say it comes down to him. He, even if he's going to be great, he's probably not going to be great his first season out. He's going to need to learn a lot of crap in time in order to, to do something productive, in my opinion, if he's going to be a, a full-time QB um, or at least step in part-time. Um, so I just gave it an overall of a B simply uh, because I don't have much faith in the backups right now. 
Wow. When Carson hears this podcast, Justin, <laughs> I hope you can live with yourself. Moving, moving over to the defensive side of the ball. Let's get, get things going with the defensive line. I'll kick things off. I mean, it's interesting in the offseason. You forget that Malik Jackson is a part of this team. Every once in a while, I look at the depth chart. I'm like, oh, yeah, Malik Jackson. He could have been huge. I love that they brought in Hargrave. Cox, kind of a you know ho-hum year last year, not really his best year. Coming off of injury, slow start. But that uh, defensive tackle rotation of uh, Jackson, Hargrave, and Cox, I think really should be top-notch and really – if there's any issues with the defensive line, we're I think we're going to be in trouble. They've spent a ton of money on it. I still think they should do whatever it takes to get Yannick and Gakwe in here. I know it's kind of crazy to pay the D line that much, but Yannick I think is the exception because he's like he's on that next deal, but he's still super young. Um, you know, Derek Barnett's just kind of been okay. He's had some injuries, had some good moments. Brandon Graham again, like. You know, he, he makes some huge plays. I mean, he made a huge play uh, in the Super Bowl. Him, him and Barnett kind of tag team that one. And certainly he's had some moments. But, again, he's – is he really taking over a game? And the sacks just aren't quite there. The the run, the rushing uh, defense is always very solid. So I, I do think we could still use that Chris Long type, one more third defensive end to rotate in there. I'll give them a, I'll give them a B plus, though. Rob, what about you? Where are you at with the D-line? Yeah, I'm going A with them, too. I mean, I think they should be with how much money we have invested. Um, I, I think Cox is really going to benefit from having two stud, uh, you know, D tackles next to him. Obviously, I think when Malik Jackson went out last year, that was that affected Cox because it made it that much easier to double Cox. Um, if you have Jackson and Hargraves, I think that's just that's just tough in the middle. Certainly the best D tackle rotation in the league. The ends, I agree with you. They're a step down, but I think, you know, overall they'll they'll be solid. Maybe it shouldn't be an A. Maybe it should be a B plus factoring in the the ends. But, you know, I, I think Barnett still has a lot of potential. I think he needs to rein himself in on the penalties. Sometimes he does. He's had yeah, a couple a boneheaded penalties. Um, you know, Graham, I think, has proven himself. He's not going to be the elite guy in the league, but he's solid. Uh, he comes up in big moments, so I think you got to give him credit. And then, you know, maybe Josh Sweat still has some potential too. Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I'm certainly not opposed to you know trading and, and getting another D end. I'm just concerned financially how you make that work, getting another massive contract with that, all the other positions. So it's the the D line's definitely a strength of the team, and it's what our defense is built around. So. Yeah, good point on uh, Josh Sweat, too. He had, he had four sacks, which is pretty solid considering the limited number of reps. Uh, Justin, where are you at with the D-line? Uh, I'm pretty much with Rob all around here with the A. Um, yeah, maybe you could, if you want to be harsh, you could give it a B plus. But, I mean, we solid players, even down to, like, Hargrave, who I know uh, those Steelers fans were upset that we uh, ended up picking him up. Um, I mean, with Malik Jackson back, hopefully 100% healthy, ready to go. We, I think we're going to be in a good spot um, with the defensive line. I know you want to add a little bit more to it, Sean, but I think we're in a, in a solid place right now. If, if we can stay healthy, I mean, that's a key component. Um, yeah. I don't want to add. Well, and, and, and to your point of wanting that extra pass rusher to me, that's how we've gotten by with this Jim Schwartz defense. When we've had, 
you know, the cornerback situation up in the air is when we get when we get pressure, it, it makes their yeah. job that much easier. And Schwartz is notorious for not wanting to blitz. Bringing it over to the linebackers right now. I know they're mostly a nickel, but the starting linebackers are Nathan Gary, TJ Edwards, <laughs> and, and Duke Riley. Justin, what would you grade those starters and, and the linebacker unit as a whole? All right. You know that I think our linebackers suck right now. <laughs> uh, I give them a D plus. I really think that's our, our biggest weakness right now. Um, any team that has Nate Gary starting is, is a team that has problem at the linebacker position. I know he showed potential and uh, he's had some, had some really good plays for us at the same time. He just has, um, you know, backup role written all over him. Uh, luckily TJ Edwards stepped up, stepped up for us last season. Um, uh, PFF put out some numbers on him recently and everybody um, went pretty crazy about him. He's solid for us. He's, he's a solid starter. I mean, hopefully he can keep it up and, and get it going. Um, Sean Bradley, who we just drafted has a lot of potential, uh, but just that potential. I mean, it's going to be his first season out there. We'll see what he can do. Um, it takes a lot to, to catch up to NFL speed. Luckily, he's a fast, fast guy. Uh, I think he ran a four-five in the combine, um, and he has uh, has good coverage ability if he has to get out there. Um, and he can wrap up. So hopefully, he can uh, step up to the plate for our guys. But I mean, that's as good as it gets for us, um, in my opinion. Um, there you go, D plus from me. Rob, are you are you higher or lower than Justin's D plus? Nah, I mean, I'm probably right around there, maybe D, D plus. It's certainly the probably the biggest weakness of our team right now. And, you know, really it's no, it, it's nothing new for Eagles. We've been plagued at the linebacker position for a, a long, long time. We, you know, we've had some good players over the years, obviously, but it's just never been a focus of the team and it's never been a position that they've invested a lot in. So I think we just have to hope that, uh, that D-line's doing its job containing the run game because once we get to that second level, we're in trouble. Um, you know, I do like some of the draft picks. I think I, – I don't know if if they're immediate uh, impact players, but I think they have potential and some speed. Sean Bradley, as Justin said, and I think – didn't we take another one, uh, Taylor? Yeah, Davion uh, Taylor in yeah, the third round. Yeah, I think I, you know I liked it. I, I thought it was a solid pick. I think he was like a four or five guy, if I remember right, as well. So I like the potential there, but it's hard to you know really it's hard to grade him anywhere higher than the D D level at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll give him I'll give him a C minus. I'll throw him a bone. Uh, they do solid tacklers, uh, but yeah, I mean it's just it's clear that the Eagles don't put any sort of effort money wise or draft capital. I mean, they did use a third-round pick on Davian Taylor, but even him, like, if you read anything up about him, like, he's a freak athletically, but, like, didn't play football in high school and, like, you know, only played a couple years at Colorado. Like, he's very much still a project, even as a third-round pick. So uh, I'm not expecting a ton. I mean, you know, the last real playmaker we had was Jordan Hicks, and he just always had trouble staying out on the field. It'd be great if we had – and maybe they will sign depending on how camp goes, just like a veteran, like a Bradham, you know, and, and maybe they didn't keep Bradham because he was getting old or he was a pain in the ass. Uh, there was that weird like thing where he beat the crap out of that, uh, the towel boy at the <laughs> cabana and then got on the plane with a gun. Maybe it was just 
too much for a, a linebacker making only a million a year. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see what they end up doing. Next up, we got uh, defensive backs, which we could – I mean, very interesting for the Eagles. They brought in uh, uh, Slay. Of course, that was the big signing. Now trying to figure out, does uh, you know does Sidney Jones ever see the field? Uh, it seems like uh, Avante Maddox is going to be the other starter right now, depending on – you know they'll give Sidney a chance to beat him. And then uh, Nikel Roby Coleman will be the nickel – and then you got McLeod and, and maybe Mills there uh, at the safety. It's still still that's kind of weird because you're you're losing Malcolm Jenkins, who maybe we're, we aren't even you know Eagles fans in general. I, I think you're definitely going to miss him and his, his leadership, et cetera. I'm going to go C plus on the defensive backfield. I, I do like Slay. Feels like a legit number one cornerback. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that's the case because otherwise we could be in trouble again. Last year. Cornerbacks were a nightmare, and, and injuries didn't help. So if this group stays healthy, we should be okay. But, uh, you know, I think losing Malcolm Jenkins kind of counterbalances what you're bringing in with Slay. So I, I got them at like a C-plus. Rob? Yeah, I'd say I'd probably put them around a C-plus. I'm excited about Slay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, of, of the prospect of having a true number one corner. Uh, and I'm, I'm thrilled to read some of his stats against Amari Cooper too, which is, uh, good to hear against Dallas. I think Slay has, has dominated them when they've played. Um, so, you know, but that's only one position. I think, you know, the other side's very much up in the air. Sidney Jones seemingly had so much potential, but just seems soft, soft. and can't stay on the field. Um, so certainly a lot to prove there. You know, I like Mills. I just think he's, you know, he's a gamer. I'll give him that. And he's tough, but he's just, you know, he can get outmatched talent wise, I think. And, uh, but he is solid in the red zone. So I'll give him that. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, the Jenkins loss was difficult. Obviously he was a tremendous leader for our team and, you know, it's tough to keep everyone. So sometimes you have to move on, but, you know, one of the things that could be difficult to fill in with Jenkins is he was just so versatile for us in terms of, uh, being a safety, stepping up in the slot, acting as a corner. I mean, he really did almost everything on defense. So that's that alone is going to be difficult to to uh, replace. And, you know, McLeod, I know we kept McLeod, but he's getting older too. So uh, definitely, definitely, I would say I lean toward better than last year, even though I think our safeties aren't as good. I think the addition of Slay still makes the secondary better overall, uh, but still a lot of question marks. Justin, uh, I'm right with you guys. Actually, C plus. Um, you know what you're getting with Slay. You know what you're getting with Mills. Even though Mills can be hot and cold at times, but you know he's 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 an eagle through and through. Um, he can make some bonehead plays every now and then. But he's <laughs> we love him. He dyed right? his hair green. That's yeah, cool. uh, McLeod, solid player as well. So those guys are are focal points and staples for us there. Um, I still think Jones can step up possibly if he can get his confidence back. Who knows, though? He's not going to be in the rotation regularly now. Um, Maddox could have a solid season. I could see him finally putting it completely together. I feel like he's shown those sparks throughout the last couple of years. Um, just needs to be consistent. Uh, Kayvon Wallace, I mean, he's going to be a big, Good point. big wild card for us there. I, and I think he could be – 
he could be the difference to really put these DBs over the edge. Or put this- well, and, you know, Kayvon Wallace, of course, the, the fun little nugget is he was roommates with Brian Dawkins' son. And, yeah. and, and Brian Dawkins kind of endorsed him on, on Twitter and was like, give this guy a chance. And also, you know, Brian Dawkins isn't letting his roommate, you know, his son room with any pussy. So that feels good that he's going to be out there making some hits, bringing back some hitting to football. Love it. And uh, maybe we get a little uh, – you can't – you know, it'd be blasphemy to say like he's the next doc, but even if we get a little bit of that, that'd be a, a nice boost for the defense. Closing things out real quick here. Special teams, Agama B, kicking game, usually pretty solid. The return game just hasn't been there. I feel like we haven't had a guy that can really do something since uh, Sproles in his heyday there uh, a few years ago. Rager maybe gets involved or even uh, even some of those other rookie receivers they bought or, you know, like Hightower. He can return kicks, so we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if Hightower return kicks, Rager returns punts, and maybe that speed gives a little burst of the return game. Justin, any any thoughts on special teams? I went with B plus because they're usually solid, and uh, I was looking at the depth chart. They have Rager in for punt returner, kick returner right now, and I think um, I think he could be a difference maker. I'm hoping he could be a difference maker. I should say. So uh, even though he hasn't, you know, returned anything in the NFL yet. Um, I'm putting some faith in him, so I, I give him overall a B plus. Rob, yeah, I'll say B. I, you know, it's not an exciting unit, but they usually don't give up any terrible mistakes. Um, you know, Jake Elliott is you know not a great leg. He, he's actually more clutch the further away he is for some reason. I'm, I'm more it's nervous Elliott. when he's closer. Yeah, um, it is weird. So, you know, I, I'll give it a B. Maybe Rager can put some electricity in it in the return game, but you know, they're solid. All right, that'll do it for the roster grades. We're going to uh, talk about the rest of the NFC East, why they suck, and uh, why we're potentially scared of them. But before we do, shout out to Ace Per Head. Of course, uh, Ace Per Head, if you're thinking of starting your own sports book, Ace Per Head is the way to go. All you're going to do is go to aceperhead.com slash SGP, aceperhead.com slash SGP. Use that link. You can get up to six weeks free. Uh, it's pretty easy if you've never – Started your own sports book. All you do is sign up with them. They get you going. Uh, All-inclusive professional betting site. All the lines updated to the second. Wagers graded immediately. You got great customer support. Ace is the place you want to go. And, again, use our link for up to six weeks free. Aceperhead.com slash SGP. Now, Rob, when I when I sent out the idea that we would go around and, and say why each of the NFC's teams suck – you threw out the idea that possibly we're jinxing ourselves and are we are we messing with the mojo here so we've included why they suck and also why potentially we're not scared of them but potentially maybe they get lucky and they succeed justin start things off why do the redskins suck and why are you uh, potentially worried about them one only reason or one reason i should say why the redskins suck and the only reason that matters is dan snyder so moving on, um, <laughs> I'm scared of them. I actually like Rivera as an over, overall coach. Um, I know he's new this season, but I mean, he's a guy who I feel like could establish a, a good quality culture um, there as long as uh, Snyder doesn't ruin it. And then another huge factor for the Redskins is they just have zero expectations. You know, like they, nothing to lose, nothing to lose at all. It's their first season with Rivera. They've, They've sucked for a long time now, zero expectations. And then uh, 
McLaren is a guy who's coming around, and I'm actually a little bit scared of now. Um, so there you yeah, go. He, tor- he torched us. Rob, yeah. why do the Redskins suck, and why are you potentially maybe worried? Yeah, um, first of all, I'm glad we split it up. I, I was worried about the jinx. I, I think we can't get too presumptuous here. So, um, you know, I, I think the Redskins still have a lot to prove as a team. I think the QB situation is is still – uncertain for them too. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I still think that's a weakness for them, but I do think I agree with Justin, actually, I think Rivera is going to bring some stability and some competent coaching to that team. Um, and I think they can only go up, um, you know, they may not light the world on fire, but I do think they'll steadily improve uh, with him as a coach. So, um, you know, we'll see where it goes. I still like us against them this year, but I do think they'll they'll be on the path to getting better. Yeah, I think for me, why the Redskins suck again organizationally. Uh, Justin nailed it with uh, the owner. Just, I mean, they're just a disaster. But yeah, really, Dwayne Haskins does not scare me at all. Even though he's he's had a couple moments there in his rookie year. I mean, when he took that selfie in the stands instead of going out to kneel it down in victory formation. That or that really just was a huge statement to me of like this guy just kind of has his head up his ass. There was there was some concern that he was like legitimately uh, had some like dyslexia because they like they thought oh just he doesn't know the playbook at all and what's going on. And then they put out a, a thing recently that he's just been killing it in these Zoom virtual workouts. He's talking uh, he's talking the language of the playbook. And that's that's usually something you say for someone who's completely lost. That's something you say to like, hey, we're just we're just trying to hedge our bets here. We're trying to that's a damage control article if I've ever seen one. So they're not high on Haskins. The the reason why I'm potentially maybe worried is uh, their front seven. Like they legitimately have a really good defensive line, and you throw Chase Young in there, and it's it's kind of worrisome. I, luckily, we have a really good offensive line, but I think that's the unit. That could uh, that could kind of be pretty strong for them um, this season. So that's that's kind of my concern. Let's move over to the Giants. Or no, yeah, we'll save Dallas for last. Justin, what's your take on the Giants? Why do they why are they going to suck in twenty twenty? And what kind of scenario would you possibly worried about from them? I mean, they have Saquon. Uh, well, sorry. So that's why I might be scared. Uh, why do they suck? I mean, their quarterback is Danny Dimes. I'm not. I know Giants fans like him, but I just – I don't see it. Um, and then, like, Judge doesn't – I don't know. He does nothing for me as a head coach. So, I just uh, I just don't see them doing anything uh, much different than last year. Uh, maybe a reason why to be scared, which I can't think of any really. Uh, Saquon, solid player. But, I mean, we don't really have to worry about them with uh, – with uh, who we have up front on our D-line. So there you go. Rob, Giants, yeah. why did they suck? Yeah, well. Besides I, being I the think, Giants. Yeah, well, obviously being the Giants. You know, I think I agree with Justin. I think, you know, Judge, maybe he's a good coach, but he's got a lot to prove. I, I don't know much about him. Certainly, you know, wasn't a, a, a coaching hire that you're immediately like, wow, great hire. But – um, you know, maybe he lights the world on fire. I don't know. But, um, you know, I agree. I, I think Daniel Jones uh, coming into his second year, he could have that that slump. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of question marks around him. I know they drafted an O-lineman, but the O-line still is not great, uh, which isn't a good 
uh, recipe with a second year quarterback. Um, you know, with that said, I think as Justin said, they, they do have Saquon. So you got to respect that anytime he touches the ball, he could take it to the house for a touchdown. So, you know, that, that's, that's the one aspect they have that's good. But I also think beyond Saquon, they don't have any tremendous playmakers. You know, they have Golden Tate, who's solid. Um, but I, I, I think the offense has to run through Saquon, uh, which if you're a good defense, you can scheme around. Yeah, for me, why they suck, it's, uh, it's pretty easy. I mean, they're, they're, you guys had a lot of good reasons. One we probably haven't talked about specifically is their defensive backfield. Just a ton of holes. And then adding to that hole is uh, DeAndre Baker getting arrested for robbing guys down in Florida. There was some allegations that he lost like $80,000, possibly gambling on Madden, uh, which I'm not against, obviously. Uh, you know, hosting uh, the Bad Mayhem gambling sibs. But, uh, yeah, I think the defensive backfield, we can really eat them up. And more importantly, we've just owned them. I mean, from the Eli era until now, we've just dominated this team. Uh, it's been a long time since they've kind of had any sort of run against us. I, I don't even know if it even qualifies for a rivalry right now because the rivalry, it's two equal opponents. Why we may be scared is – Again, maybe they're—I don't know—I'm really stretching here, but maybe maybe Daniel Jones has that breakout year in the second year we've seen with some quarterbacks. Um, so maybe maybe he kind of comes lights the world on fire. Certainly, no expectations. Quarterback in the second year—that's that could be a formula for success, but I don't see it. And now the final, the dreaded Dallas Cowboys. Justin, why do the Cowboys suck? I know there's a million reasons, but. What's your biggest suck reason for the Cowboys in 2020? And what are you maybe worried about? Um, Reason Cowboys should suck. I mean, their best wide receiver, Cooper, at the moment, never shows up for big games. Great um, point. Probably the biggest reason, I would say. Um, another reason, it's not that good of a reason, honestly, but that Prescott is due for a year of regression. Zeke is due for a year of regression as well. Um, I hate to rely on that as a reason, but I mean, it just seems like their numbers can't keep getting better. They are a talented team. That's a reason to be scared. I mean, they have a ton of talent on there. You can't deny that. Um, they got Lamb now too, who's a nice splash player for them. Um, and with us on our secondary, um, could hurt us possibly. We'll see. Um, I'm unsure about our defense against them. So that's one reason I'd be scared. And then I'm also scared their D-line coach, uh, Thomas Sewell, is solid. Uh, I've always respected him. So their D-line might be a problem for us up front when we go against them. Um, so that's another reason why I might be scared. At the same time, I think overall, if you put our teams together, we can beat them. So. Robbie, how say you? Why does Dallas suck? Yeah, um, you know, just to jump back to the Giants really quick, one point that I forgot in terms of, you know, reason they suck is they now have Jason Garrett as their offensive <laughs> yeah. coordinator and Freddie Kitchens. Uh, How exactly. do we about so, that? Oh, Jesus! I mean, as an Eagles fan, uh, <laughs> Jason Garrett just seems like the gift that keeps on giving in terms of uh, <laughs> what he would division. do with the team. So, um, you know, getting back to Dallas, I think, you know, I think their defense still has a lot of question marks, and you know, McCarthy. Uh, you know, he may be better than Garrett. I think it remains to be seen, but it also seemed like he kind of ran out his tenure in, in Green Bay there. So we'll see how the fit ends up being. 
Um, I know they've kept the O coordinator who it sounds like didn't gel with Garrett too well. Um, so I, I think defense, they still have a lot of questions, you know, reason they're good. They got playmakers on offense. They, they got a good offensive line like us, uh, although, although they are getting a little older. Um, and you know, now with, you know, Zeke, um, Cooper and lamb, uh, yeah, that's tough. That that's going to be tough to defend, especially for our secondary. So, um, you know, they, they definitely have some danger on offense that we're going to have to, to, to worry about. I, I, I still like, uh, you know, Jim Schwartz ability to scheme against them, but, uh, they're going to be tough and they're going to put up some points. I thought you didn't like Schwartz, Rob. <laughs> yeah, Schwartz. Uh, Rob's you know, a, Rob's I, hot and cold with Schwartz. Yeah, I, he, I, I am very hot and cold on Schwartz, but I do. I think he's an extremely smart guy. Uh, I just think he can be stubborn at times and 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 almost wants to stick to his game plan, even though sometimes the circumstance may warrant switching. But I will say he's done a lot with a little bit of a talent and. Uh, you know, probably, you know, gets more flack than he deserves. So I, I still like him matching up against McCarthy uh, from an offensive defensive perspective. Yeah, also, I mean, for me, why the Cowboys suck, uh, two words, fat Zeke. This, uh, I mean, you saw the photo of him at, at Dak's uh, birthday party where they broke quarantine. That guy's clearly packing on the LBs. And if there's anyone who needs like an offseason to keep in shape, it's definitely – uh, Zeke, I, I think he could eat himself out of a decent year. Really, though, to me, it's it's about their defense. Like they're they're coming in with the mindset of just outscoring people, and you know they lost Byron Jones. Uh, they haven't really done much to address some of the other guys they lost uh, on the defensive line. So I think there's going to be opportunities to put up points against the Cowboys. They're relying on just outscoring people. So if you can just slow them down a little bit, there's definitely some opportunities to win. As far as like what scares me. Um, or, or what you're possibly concerned about with the Cowboys. I, I think it goes back to that Jason Garrett thing. Like maybe Jason Garrett really was that bad and, and just bringing in Mike McCarthy, who's even a little bit better than Jason Garrett, gives them that little bump forward. So I, I think I think not having Jason Garrett is a huge advantage uh, for the Cowboys, and maybe that's the only reason to potentially be scared of them. All right, we're going to close things out with some uh, some gambling picks here at the end. But before we do, shout out to Cushy Dreams CBD. That's right. Cushy Dreams, all new smokable CBD. Uh, they specialize in extraordinary CBD-rich hemp flower, a.k.a. bud, pre-rolled CBD joints. So I know a lot of people have the gummies or the, the vapes or whatever. If you want to you want to have that weed experience without not, you know, without actually the weed high, CBD and uh, especially smokable CBD. I've I've tried their creative uh, pre rolls. I really enjoy those. It looks like weed, kind of smells like weed, tastes like it, but you don't get that high from weed. It's just the the CBD, um, you know, the positive effects from CBD, pain relief. I know Kramer likes it, helping out his back, and uh, yeah, you know, the CBD effect is nice. Doesn't get you too whacked out. And again, legal in fifty states. And if you use the promo code SGP, you get 15% off. K-U-S-H-Y dreams.com. Promo code SGP. Smoke your CBD because it can. Cushydreams.com. All right. We'll talk. Uh, yeah. Why don't we? We'll just break down the week one line. 
Eagles right now, six-point favorites in Philly. I always pick the Eagles, uh, or mo- every once in a while I won't pick against them. I'll pick against them to punish them uh, for some sort of horrible uh, season that they're having or whatever. Minus six on the road, a six-point road favorite. I'll take the Eagles laying the six, but again, I, I'm a little scared that you know, the Redskins' defense could be tough, but I think what will happen is kind of similar to how we saw week one of uh, this season start out where it's a close game in the first half. Maybe even the Redskins get out to an early lead, but eventually the kind of explosive offense uh, gets going in the second half and they end up covering that minus six. Justin, are you, uh, what's your thought? Eagles at skins opening day. Will there be fans there? We don't know. Um, it, it's weird. If you look at these lines, it does seem like they're still factoring in that, that home field advantage. Um, which leads me to believe to think that there's going to be value in road teams, especially like if you take the Eagles minus six right now, and then they officially announce that no fans are going to be there. I think that line gets over seven, but Justin right now, Eagles week one minus six. Are you throwing it in a parlay? How excited are you to bet this? I mean, I would bet it. Uh, I have no qualms about taking Philly here minus six. Um, Only hesitation might be the fact that, we don't know what the preseason is going to offer, how how ready teams are going to be. At the same time, um, you know, with the COVID crisis. But at the same time, if anything, that favors us in the end because, you know, we're coming with, uh, you know, uh, I know we have a few new coaching staff members, but pretty set team who's, you know, looked at that playbook regularly. Redskins are at a disadvantage there. They got all new plays, all new system, all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, you got to kind of take us all day here with fans, without fans, um, and just looking at teams on paper and what we have to offer compared to them. I mean, Wentz versus Haskins. What do you, yeah. what do you need to hear? Well, and that's a good point. The COVID thing could actually – one of the few bright spots of COVID-19 crisis in America is that every other NFC East team has a new coach coming in. We're the only ones returning the same coach. So whatever you're doing in the offseason, whatever you're trying to install, whatever culture – Joe Judge is trying to bring to the Giants him, the the super group of him, Freddie Kitchens and Jason Garrett. Whatever they're trying to install, it's gonna be it's gotta be tougher with just the limited time. Rob, Eagles on the road, minus six in Washington. Are you are you actually lock, betting this one? Lock it in. I, I like it. Um, I think the team comes out blazing this year. Um, I think they got a lot to prove. Uh, I, I think they get a little more fresh offensively, as I was talking about before with some new coaching and new looks. Um, You know, I hope Carson at some point this summer is getting those receivers together. You know, he was building a good rapport with DJX before he got injured. I hope he does the same with Rager and all the other guys. Um, So training camp or no training camp, I hope he's, he's working with these guys and getting to know them. So I I like it. I, I, I think it's a good bet. Yeah, and they, they've uh, – it was weird. They kind of – Washington had their number for a little while, and then you saw that turn in, in the 2017 season. Justin was actually there in Vegas when we watched the uh, miraculous game that that uh, had me on the way to winning $200,000 at DraftKings. And uh, that 2017 game, it was in – <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there is a nice trend where every year the Eagles – Start out week one in Washington. They do win the Super Bowl. So hopefully that trend continues. The Eagles right now to win the Super Bowl plus 2,200. 
again, this is a complete homer play, but I like it. I like it. However, I'm not going to bet it because when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I didn't bet them to win the Super Bowl at plus 2,200. But I think there is kind of a lot of shades of the uh, 2017 season where they're coming in, they're, they have a good team, they have a good roster. They're just kind of flying below the radar a little bit. Justin, what do you think of the uh, Super Bowl price, Eagles plus 2,200? Uh, I like it. I was just actually pulling mine up right now because – I placed a little bit of a wager on them earlier uh, when the Lions first came out. I think I got it at uh, 2,000 or plus yeah. 2,000. Um, so I think it's a good wager. I think it's solid. You have to uh, – I, I mean, you never want to assume anything, but you you should th- believe that we will make the playoffs, right? And uh, I would think that we it's going to be close to win the division possibly, worst-case scenario. So – I mean, if that's the case and you're looking at all these other teams that are should make the playoffs, I mean, plus 22 is pretty solid. I mean, um, Packers are plus 22, and I would actually think that they have a lower chance of us making it. So there you go. That's my rationale, at least. Yeah, it does feel like we're going to be in the mix in the division and, and also the opportunity of the seventh playoff uh, a team. And then and Doug Peterson, a guy who just ends up winning big games. Rob. Right now, mybookie.ag, plus 2,200 for the Eagles Super Bowl. Are you in? Are you out? What, what are your thoughts on that as a bet? Yeah, I like it. Um, I, I have to believe that we'll be in the mix at the end of the year, you know, in, in the playoffs if, if Carson can stay healthy. Um, so, I, you know, I, I like it. I'm with you, Sean. I don't know, uh, you know, how I feel about it in terms of my personal juju, uh, you know, <laughs> ensuring the team's success. Um, but I think it I think it's a good uh, a good bet in terms of the odds uh, for the Eagles this year. Uh, I will interject and just say that I did bet on them the year that we won the Super Bowl. Really? So, and what did you get that? What did you get the price at there, Justin? I, I think it started out at plus forty five, but uh, if I remember correctly, I made a couple wagers throughout the season. So in the end, I won a couple grand. I was putting nickels and dimes on it throughout the season. <laughs> I just put another wager in right now, actually, if you guys want to see, uh, you know, for uh, for the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Love go. it. Love it. Loading up over there at mybookie.ag. All right. We'll close things out. One of our – there's some long shot Eagles uh, season-long prop bets. We can go around, each pick our favorite. For me, I'm going to do – and I just mentioned Doug Peterson – Kind of just gets this team to win. Uh, they, uh, it's kind of cliche, but he really is a player's coach. But it seems to seems to have their voice. And in three years in the in a row in the playoffs, the Super Bowl, he's better than Sean McVay, even though some coaching uh, lists have him behind Sean McVay, which drives me crazy. He's undefeated against Sean McVay, and he's won a Super Bowl. And Sean McVay hasn't won a Super Bowl. There's no way you can list him above uh, Sean or. Below Sean McVay, Doug Peterson, coach of the year, plus 2,500. I think if they win 11 games, and uh, I think he's right there in the mix. And at 25 to 1, like, I don't think Doug Peterson gets the credit he deserves. If they have a really good season, uh, you know, regular season, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, maybe, uh, I could see him getting that coach of the year and and kind of a makeup call because he hasn't, he's never won the award. So, um, yeah, I like that at plus twenty five hundred. Justin, what sort of a longer shot at Eagles prop bets do you like here for the season? 
Um, so for Doug, I said don't touch it. I mean, I just think he's kind of in a no-win situation because those those uh, head coaches with good quarterbacks and decent offenses never seem to get the credit they deserve, uh, especially when the team – if the Eagles had really shit the bed last season, I think he would have potential to win it. But as kind of where they were at last yeah. year, um, I just don't see him getting enough credit if they even if they win at all. Um, so I think that would be a tough one. My the best bet I think out of um, as far as Eagles bets go would be uh, Regor Offensive Player of the Year or sorry Rookie of the Year. My bad. Um, at plus three thousand, I think that's by far the best one. Uh, I think it's just a decent bet overall for the amount of money you could get with your wager. Um, he could he could be a great splash player for us on offense. Um, I think also with him being a potential returner. Um, yeah, special teams couple, touchdown in there. He could make a couple solid, uh, you know, punt returns in there for TDs. Those go kind of into the mix um, with the way people start to look at him. He could turn heads, especially because he's just – he has uh, such low potential right now uh, for people outside of uh, Eagles fans, you know. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, kind of like what Deshaun Jackson did his rookie year. If he can come in and have a similar year like that, maybe he shocks the world. Certainly, the favorites are always always kind of the quarterbacks. But um, yeah, at thirty to one, kind of kind of could be fun to throw a flyer on that. Robbie, what of uh, of these kind of like long shot prop bets for the Eagles? Any of these uh, talking to you? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we're all a little different on this one. I, I'm with Justin. I think Doug Peterson is often as coach of the year is is tough. I just don't think he'll get the recognition uh, that he deserves, and they'll give it to someone else. I, I think Rager's tough too. I'm not with Justin on that. I I think it'll go to a QB like Joe Burrow if he has even a decent year, just given all the hype around him. Um, I, you know, Carson Wentz passing leader is possible, but. I think that's a tough one too. Miles Sanders, rushing leader. I just think we're never going to lead the league in rushing. He he's going to have a lot of all-purpose yards, but I think it'll be tough for him to be the straight-out rushing leader. Um, so I, I actually think the best bet and the one I like is Deshaun. Uh, he obviously was out all year last year. Uh, had a good first game there against the Redskins with the two touchdowns. Um, and, and he's a known guy. So I think if he can come back and have an explosive year, he, you know, he could be an easy pick for comeback player of the year. So that, that's the one I'm going with. Yeah, I like that. that that's fun. And, and certainly the narrative is there. It's, he's coming off the injury. He, he balls out. And, uh, yeah, they just take it to the house. All right, guys, that'll do it for the debut episode of the Die Hard Eagles podcast. Justin, Rob, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, and and sure we'll be doing some more breaking down the Eagles season, you know, win loss record against the spread, talking more when uh, camp heats up. Thank you guys for uh, checking this out. Make sure you subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Sports Gambling Podcast feed. And for the Diehard Eagles Podcast, I'm Sean Stacking the Money Green. Go Birds! Go Birds! Go Birds!